0: Everybody, can we give a clap to Jesus? It's so wonderful to be live and in person after such a long time. And so wonderful to see all of you here. I am always excited to share the Word of God, but I'm extremely excited now because we're starting a brand new series called Science. And if you saw the logo, it actually says 7. So what we want to do in the next few weeks is that we're going to explore from the book of John 7 special miracles that Jesus did. seven signs that Jesus did that are crucial, but those signs they reveal to us the character of God, the nature of God. And as we go through those seven signs, the eighth miracle that happens is resurrection, the greatest sign of all. And so I don't know where you're at in your faith today. maybe you're feeling a little bit down, maybe you're feeling a little disappointed, maybe you feel like ah, Still wearing these masks. Many of us are gonna need help when this mask restrictions goes away. Because my ears have taken out too much already. I mean they were already sticking out too much before, but after the mask, maybe you might need me. We need to go get some help to fix that. Maybe wear the mask backwards, you know, like so that you can take it back to the original spot that your mama gave. But I want you to allow the Lord to speak to your heart. If you came here to hear my jokes, you're going to be disappointed. But if you're sitting there listening to my voice and saying, Lord, speak to me, he will speak to you. Because he knows exactly what you are going through. And I'm trusting in the Lord because he's a God who loves you unconditionally. So it doesn't matter what mistakes you made this week, it doesn't matter what you've done to disappoint yourself. You know, disappointing others is one thing. when we disappoint ourselves that's harsh we are harsher on ourselves forgiving others is one thing We, we, we try to do that but forgiving ourselves that's a bit harder and so today I want to inspire your heart inspire my heart with the truth of God is that okay come on now I need an interactive church We're not online. I'm not asking you to drop an emoji. Actually, those of you online, drop an emoji right now. Put a fire emoji. But those of you in the the house, I want you to shout me down. Is that okay? Okay. All right. We're warming up, yeah? Okay. So we're going to discover what Jesus did and how that is applicable in our lives right now. So if you're looking for purpose, if you're looking as a as a person wanting to know what this christianity is all about well this is the perfect series for you if you're somebody who's already grown in the faith and want to go deeper well this is the series for you as well as we discover the person of jesus all right so i want to show you a great clip from the movie the chosen and i'm going to read for you as we're watching from john chapter 2 so if you have your bibles or your bible app you can open it to john chapter 2 For the sake of time, I'm going to just narrate the scripture, John chapter 2, verses 1 to 11. As we watch this video, we can uh, go ahead with the video and cut the lights, please. So John chapter 2, verse 1 to 11 starts like this. Jesus performs his first miracle. you glad that we have a miracle-working God? He's able to turn water into wine. And in the Bible we see that wine is a reflection, is a symbol of joy. And so at this party we see he's attending a a wedding. But if you were to read the previous chapter, it's interesting because it's action-packed. Chapter 1 is action-packed. Jesus is recruiting, he's adding people to his entourage. He is changing destinies. But in chapter 2, Jesus is attending a wedding. So we might be like, come on, Jesus. There's kingdom work to be done. What are you doing at a party? Why, Why are you there? There's a world to be saved. But Jesus loves being there. Jesus loves get together. You know that Jesus loves it when we get together in person. Not isolating ourselves and being depressed, but coming together into the house of God. And where his presence is, there's fullness of joy. And what a difference Jesus made. The bride and groom would have been embarrassed. Can you imagine running out of an important item at the wedding? The guests would have talked about it. the, The families would have talked about it. But Jesus makes a huge difference because he showed up. I want to tell you that in your circumstance, Jesus is showing up. Come on. In your marriage, Jesus is showing up. In your career, Jesus is showing up. In that problem that you cannot fix, come on, receive it today. Say, Jesus is showing up. Can you say that with me? Jesus is showing up in my circumstance. Because he promises to be with you. Destinies are being changed because Jesus is with us. In verse 3, we see that Jesus' mother comes and tells him, wine ran out. There's no more wine. The crowd is thirsty. Isn't it interesting that this world that we're living in, the world has so many options, so many pleasures, so many ways you can live your life. But in the end, it all leaves you high and dry. Leaves you empty. Leaves you wanting more. Leaves you questioning is there more to life? The crowd in the wedding is thirsty. So is this world. You drink, you do everything else that you want to do for coping mechanism or whatever to numb the pain, but it still leaves you dry, leaves you void. Because that void can only be fulfilled if you allow Jesus to show up into your life. Because the world is lost. And nothing else satisfies. Maybe for a short time it satisfies, but even that it runs out. When the party is over, the night comes. The next day, hangover, or other consequences of your choices. It all runs out. But the Bible has the good news. It is the good news. It says, All of you who are thirsty, come to Him, and He will give us living. Water, he will satisfy the deepest desire, deepest longing in our soul, amen. And Jesus doesn't make a big spectacle, he's the quiet storm. This is his first miracle, right? Like, we make such a big deal, you know, when the baby's first birthday. I told my wife, We're not doing no big deal when I, any of our children are having that first birthday. I'm not going to make the child, be, you know, in a big banquet hall and You know, Jay from Easton will come in, like, say, welcome to the give cake and be there for five hours and costume changes for a baby's first birthday or like an anniversary. We make a big deal. We are very quiet when it comes to, like, anniversary or anything. We don't make a big deal. And it's the same way Jesus is the quiet storm. It's his first miracle ever. The Savior of the world is here in the flesh, and he doesn't make a big deal. It happens in a small poor village in the far north. Quietly, Jesus does this miracle. Simple and quiet, yet powerful and life transforming. Jesus doesn't live stream it. He's like, pull out your camera, let's go. I have something important to say. He doesn't have a costume change, no. Simply and quietly, Jesus transforms lives. So he's at this wedding, probably you know, simple people or poor people and in the most natural way he displays his glory. No matter what your beginning of your life has been, maybe it was simple and quiet or maybe traumatized or abused or whatever upbringing you come from, I want to tell you that Jesus wants to show up in your life simply and quietly today. He wants to receive you as to himself, because you belong to him. And so even after he does the miracle, he tells the servants, go tell the MC." That's it. Mary comes and asks him, Jesus, do something. Mary's his mother, and we can probably figure out that Joseph is not around. And so as the male figure in the house, Mary's coming to Jesus for help, for assistance, and she says, they ran out of wine. Can you please help? In other words, Mary is saying, Jesus, can you help in someone else's problem? I want to ask you, how many times do we pray for others? We're like, Jesus, help me. God, do something in my life. But God wants us to be prayer warriors for, on behalf of others. He wants us to intercede for others. You know, I'm here today because there are many people who are interceding for me. In that same way, you may not be on the stage or you may not be in a platform in whatever sphere of life, but God is calling you as an intercessor for your family, for your friends, for the cashier, for the random person. When was the last time you prayed for somebody else? When we pray, pray for others' needs too. Because when we are busy praying for others, we won't have time to gossip against them. Did you hear me? Mic drop moment right there. I would drop the mic, but this is not my mic. It's a mango mic. When you're busy praying for others, you will not have time to gossip against them. When you pray for others, your love for them will grow. You will not be able to say any ill word against them. God wants you to be an intercessor. And even in these days, our hearts are breaking with what's happening in Ukraine. We got to pray. Maybe you were not born there. But our hearts should break for what's happening there. And cry out to God and fast and pray for peace in Ukraine. Jesus tells in verse 4 to Mary, my time has not come yet. Jesus responds, but he's saying, I will do something, but not yet. Isn't that a frustrating thing? When God says, okay, I'm going to do it. Or a parent tells you, I'll do it, but not yet. He says, I will do it, but the right time has not come yet. Look at the way Mary responds in verse five. She goes to the servants and she says, do whatever he tells you. Can you feel her faith? She's like, I don't know what he's gonna do. I don't know when he's gonna do it or how he's gonna do it. But whenever he tells you, do that. That's the level of faith God wants from us. Not the way, God, you need to tell me the blueprint of how you're gonna do this in my life. No, God, okay, I have a peace that God is gonna do that. God is going to do something in my life, and when He tells me the instruction, I'm ready. That's the level of faith Mary has. She tells them, whatever Jesus says, do that. There's an expectant faith, expectant faith, be faith ready, be faith ready. Come on repeat after me, be faith ready. She knows the unexpected should be expected when Jesus is in the house, amen. Today, I want you to increase your faith that Jesus will heal you. Jesus will deliver you. That addiction is not going to end you. You need to have that expectant faith. God, I've been crying out to you for this answer. I know you will do it. I have that expectant faith that you will deliver me. You will answer that delayed prayer. Even though I don't know when, I'm going to have that tenacity. I'm going to have faith like Mary. Be faithful ready because it might be now that thing you've been praying about might be today or not yet and the hardest part is waiting but the holy spirit will help you with patience And the bible says there's enough faith every enough faith there's enough problem for the day every day has its own problem all of us have problem and the, the thing is jesus is not going to solve it immediately the way we want it and that's the frustrating part but he's watching over you he's watching over you he is orchestrating analyzing tweaking and he's going to come through for you the beauty of following Jesus is knowing that you never have to show up to a fight alone talking about spiritual fight you never have to face a battle alone because He's with you. Can you turn to your neighbor and say, God is with you. You never have to show up alone. He is with you. He is for you. He will empower you because He's given you the Holy Spirit. Jesus will help you. This first miracle that Jesus does, it feels so natural. It's just very organic. There's no hype. There's no show. There's no two-hour prayer meeting. Jesus is, he just shows up and everything changes. When you invite Jesus into your circumstances, everything changes. Life is so much better with Jesus. And he just simply gives them an instruction, fill up these jars with water and take it to the MC. And the servants obey. Maybe for doubting Thomas, he was like, I don't know, this, this doesn't, it's not logical, Jesus. But the servants, they obey. Simple, swift obedience to Jesus' instructions leads you into the supernatural providence. You're expecting God to meet you in a supernatural way, but you're not doing the natural thing He asks you to do. In the hands of Jesus, the ordinary becomes extraordinary. In the hands of Jesus, your problem that got you stuck, it's replaced by provision and breakthrough in the hands of Jesus. The not enough becomes more than enough in the hands of Jesus. This ordinary water turns into the best wine ever. This morning sadness is turned into joyful. The miraculous wine leads them to joy and to glory. One touch from Jesus can turn your life around. No matter what it looks like right now, no matter what your life looks like right now. One touch from Jesus, no matter what you've done and no matter what people say. As we continue to dissect this, this miracle, what Jesus asked the servants to do is so silly. I want to challenge you, will you obey God even when it looks silly? Obey Jesus even when it looks silly. You know why? Because Jesus rewards obedience. And His miracles always start with a command. But if we're not humble enough to obey, how can He meet us with supernatural providence? People are called to put their faith into action. And you have the choice. You can either choose to Obey Jesus, what He told you. In your heart, you know what the next step you should should do. But it's your choice whether you want to do it or not. Even when it looks ridiculous, will you do it if Jesus tells you? Because God does His part when we do our part. This miracle wouldn't have happened if the people didn't do what Jesus told them to do. We must do our part and God will do His part at the right time for our benefit. that you and I can also experience this miracle, this miraculous out of the ordinary experience. We can receive His joy. We can receive His glory that comes with it. So He gives them instruction, fill it to the brim. He doesn't say halfway or quarter way, but He says fill it to the brim. The walk with Christ is all or nothing. We cannot be dabbling and doing this and that. And having Jesus as a, as an option, as a topping, as a icing, it's all or nothing. Because following Jesus is not easy. So when times get tough, are you going to quit on Jesus? He will help you, but you have to have that determination. I am in this for Jesus. Even when I look ridiculous, because I believe that He is my Savior. It's all or nothing. God is asking for total obedience. Partial obedience is not total obedience. God is asking us to be all in. No turning back. And we live in a fallen world where the enemy has temptation all over the place, with instant gratification all over the place. Get it now, but pay with pain later. Pay with pain and interest later. Immediate rewards now and punishment later. But God, always saves the best for last. God will reward you and your latter days will be greater than your former days. We see empty water pots just like the hearts of people, hearts of men, hearts of women represent the emptiness we have in our hearts and it's hard to fill that but the Word of God when it enters into our hearts It refreshes us. Word of God compares the human heart to a vessel. A life without Christ. On the outside, it might look all flashy and good and lovely. But on the inside, it's empty and void. Unless Jesus is able to do a divine work in your heart. And that's by you allowing Him to come into your heart. Can you imagine how ridiculous these young people would have felt when Jesus said, go fill these six stone jars? Each jar can hold 113 liters. Can you imagine filling six jars each 113 liters? How many is that? That's like over 600. How extreme, how foolish. I'm sure as these servants were filling these jars, you know, our first baptism, we didn't get a long enough hole pipe tube so we were like okay so we had the tub here and we had to empty the garbage bins and get water and do so many trips to do our baptism here for the first time and then we were we ordered it after but can you imagine these young people back and forth back and forth filling out these jars over 600 liters people would have said bro just go to the store and buy wine Bro, there must be an easier way, like for, for God's sake. It must be a shortcut. Just why are you struggling? No, but Jesus said, Jesus said to do, yeah, but nobody's going to notice. Just do this. Do something easier. Why are you struggling? Because Jesus said it. It's in the detail. They say the devil is in the detail. In that same way, your blessing is in the details. Jesus gave a specific instruction fill these jars. And those people were willing to face ridicule as bystanders would have said just use the you know the stash you have under the sink just get that wine just put it in there those of you have stash under your sink there must be a shortcut there must be an easier way life shouldn't be this difficult and all these reasons i'm doing it for a good cause let me just cut some corners but imagine the the pain and the endurance that they would have gone through. The enemy will say, You need money. Just take some shortcuts. Just do a little bit of scam. You know, and then you go to a confession and you can ask God to forgive you. Oh yeah, doing communion. Okay, you can say sorry. Don't wait for marriage. Do this, do that, and just make it easy coping mechanism or you're stressed out or you're in pain do this get drunk get high get into ungodly stress relief methods although it may be legal in this country doesn't make it right doesn't make it godly Justin Trudeau is not going to answer for you when you face God face to face the enemy will say just rush into it you have needs now don't be old-fashioned the world has changed No need to get your heart healed up before you get into a relationship. All of these excuses the enemy will bring for you to cut corners and to avoid the instructions and the principles God has for you to live your life. But we see that in the Bible, water is the Word of God. It is His water, it is His Word that refreshes us. If we don't have the Word of God in us daily, we become, I think the Word is deprived, we become. It's easy to be ungodly and we see that all the servants what they had to do was fill these empty jars and fill these water pots with water which is like the servant of God bringing the water the Word of God to those who don't know him it's God's job to save people's souls but it's you and my job to bring the Word of God to them Jesus will do the miracle But you and I need to bring Jesus to the people. Forgiveness is another another example. It's it's really tough to bring up an issue with somebody with love and respect. Especially when friendships are on the rocks. And sometimes it it could go either way. It could get worse. It's much easier just to avoid it and just hide it and pretend all is good. But five years, ten years down the line, that would have become way more toxic, way more hurtful to you, and more bitterness in your heart. We got to let go of pessimism. We got to let go of small thinking and negative thinking. We got to start doing the simple things Jesus is prompting your heart to do. And it started with filling up those jars for those servants. I wonder what it is for you today. Maybe God is telling you to cut off a relationship. Maybe God is calling you to make some different choices at work. Stop stealing the pens from work. They don't belong to you. And giving them to your kids. Stop taking too much milk from the staff room. I was putting too much milk in my hot chocolate at my workplace and then they stopped. They're like milk bill is going up in this room. We're gonna cut the milk altogether. I lost my milk blessing But then I was lactose intolerant too, so that solved two problems. we got to stop being pessimists and start doing the simple things God is telling you to do. Don't look over there. Look over here. Say, God, what must I do differently now so that you can do a miracle in my life? Church, I want to prophesy to you. I want you to start believing again. I want you to start dreaming again. I want you to start seeing yourself healthy. I want you to start hoping for a better future because that's what God has in store for for you. Your best days are ahead. Come on, declare that with me. My best days are ahead because of Jesus. Come on, say with me. My best days are ahead because of Jesus. I prophesy to you now, your best days are yet to come, amen. You will be the head and not the tail and you will walk with God starting today, amen. Joyce Meyer. She says, wisdom is doing now what you are going to be happy with later on. So the water turns into wine. Just like when we bring the word of God to somebody that doesn't know God, there's a miracle that takes place. Christ can perform the miracle and bring joy. In Acts 8, we see that Philip was talking to, the, to an Ethiopian and he gave him the word of God. And when that Ethiopian left, he left with joy. He left with salvation. A miracle took place. Wine is symbol for joy. Now I'm not telling you to go home and just gulp down bottles of wine. Back in the day, the wine that they use, the alcohol level was very low. So you don't be like Pastor D said, wine is joy let me go drink some wine where's the liquor store at it would have taken them like the whole day if they drank the whole day maybe they got a little buzz okay so don't twist what I'm saying for your own maybe that's the area you need healing in but are you lacking joy did joy run out it did for me and I'm wondering if you are struggling with joy And we can put on a front in front of people, but I want to tell you the joy restorer is in our midst. And in a moment we're going to pray that God will restore our joy. Is that okay? Because God wants to use you, God wants to use you to bring his refreshing to others. Because humanity has run out of joy. And so we got to bring that joy back in ourselves, in the church, so that we can give it to the world. And one of the ways that we allow the Lord to be glorified or to be held in high esteem is to let joy come from you and out of you. Because joy is whom Jesus is. Joy is what he wants to pour into you today. Where there is joy in our midst, God comes and moves in our midst. Because God's kingdom is full of joy. Is righteousness, peace, joy. Joy brings power to people. Joy is a force. Joy, anointing, strength, glory, they all go together. The benefits and blessing of God come through joy. Joy is your medicine. For your sick heart, joy is the remedy. When we feel guilt, when we feel weak in God, Go in His presence and receive His joy. Get in His presence and you will be energized. In Nehemiah 8.10 it says, the joy of the Lord is your strength, joy will be your strength. And that strength will help you overcome. The joy of the Lord is not just an attitude but it's a weapon that when the next bad news comes you can stand there with joy knowing that everything is going to be okay because joy is your strength. Joy is your weapon. And it's going to help you overcome. A joyful person is a holy person. A holy person is a joyful person. Because joy is a force. God's throne is connected with joy. You can be a joyful warrior. So don't try to fight this worldly situation with your worldly intellect. But use the weapon of joy. Let not happenings of your life determine your happiness, let the joy of the Lord be your strength. He takes our weaknesses and He gives us His strength. The joy of of the Lord is for everyone. And I want to invite you to stand with me right now and we're going to welcome the presence of God in a greater way to come and encounter us, to fill us with His joy. There's power, there's energy that comes to our inner man to help us to overcome the world, the flesh, the devil. Because the joy of the Lord is a force. It's like oil. Oil makes things work better. So when God's joy comes, it's like oil. It'll make your life easier. It'll make things go a lot easier. Before we pray, I want to share with you the three things will help you to step into a life of joy. Number one, discover and use your gifts. Discover and use your gifts. And guess what? Right after the service, Pastor M and I will be at the back and we want to talk to you about next steps because in the in that next steps, we're going to help you discover your purpose, discover your gifts. So that's happening right after church and we can tell you more about the church But God has given you gifts. He has blessed you with gifts. And joy and gifts are connected. When you use your gifts, you have joy. Did you hear me? Don't be selfish and, nah. my gifts, no. When you use your gifts to serve others, you receive joy. That's the first way. Discovering and using your gifts. Number two, how to live in joy. Realize that the joyful one is living in you. His nature. His character is in you. We live by His life. God's character is in you. He's living in you. And three, how to live with joy? Confess your sins on a daily basis. Confess your sins. Because sin brings shame. Sin brings guilt. So we got to confess it and release it to God. And He will restore our joy. You are unstoppable when you're full of joy. Jesus is our joy. Jesus is our strength. Jesus is our hope and healing. And today He wants to fill you. So if you're missing joy, if your joy is low, I want to pray for you. Put your hand on your heart. All eyes closed. Father, in the name of Jesus, we come before you. Father, we acknowledge that we are sinners. Lord, we repent. Church, can you repent? Lord, I am sorry for missing the mark. I come to you, Lord. Fill me with your joy. If you're able to put your hand on your head. Say, Lord, fill me with your joy. I want to walk through miracles. I want to know you more. I want to be a better disciple. Fill me, God, with your joy. joy everlasting unspeakable joy fill me God peace that surpasses all understanding because you are with me and i'm going to be okay no matter what i have to face fill me now in Jesus name while we're remaining standing all eyes closed God is knocking at the door of your heart and if you've never welcomed Jesus as your personal savior Because the penalty of sin is death and hell. But Jesus came with His grace and He fulfilled the law. And all that is required of you is to say yes to Him and receive His grace and His salvation. He paid your sin penalty. And you are free. You are free. You are forgiven the moment you receive Jesus into your heart and you confess to Him. All eyes closed. If you've never said yes to Jesus as your Lord and Savior, or if you've walked away from Jesus, God is calling you back home and the Holy Spirit is knocking at your heart. If that's you, on the count of three, I want you to put your hand up. I'm going to pray for you. I need to know who I'm praying for. So I want you to put your hand up on the count of three. One, Jesus died for your sins. He shed his blood so that you can be free. Two, he loves you unconditionally. And three, today's the day of salvation, the Bible says in Romans 12. And today, you can receive his eternal life and his joy and his peace. If that's you, put your hand up right now. Thank you. Thank you. You can put your hand down. And as a church, we're going to pray together. So repeat after me. Lord Jesus, I welcome you into my heart. As my Lord and my Savior and my miracle worker, I surrender to you, Lord. My life is no longer my own, but I give it to you. Fill me with your Holy Spirit. Fill me with unspeakable joy and with determination. No matter how ridiculous I look, let me obey you let me follow you all the days of my life in Jesus name we pray amen 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 come on let's celebrate let's worship God together